is the first Sunday of Advent this year. And Advent is a time of kind of preparing for Christmas and making sure that our hearts are prepared to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. And so the first Sunday of Advent is about hope. And this is really fitting because I just finished my series about time, and that ended with me talking about the future and how the future is, uh, is a place where our hope and faith can be grown. And it kind of fits really well that I was talking about hope in my last uh, last message, and now would have a whole Sunday to talk about hope as well. And I want to talk about hope a little bit, uh, especially for people who sometimes find it difficult to hope, uh, particularly people that are dealing with bad news or that are dreading something that's coming up, because it's really hard sometimes, I think, for people to be hopeful during difficult times in their life. When they're going through something that is difficult for them to deal with and they're, they're suffering through those times, it can be difficult to be hopeful in those instances. But scripture is actually uh, really clear in showing us that suffering, the suffering that we deal with, is actually the first step on a pathway that leads us to hope. And I want us to look at this pathway. It's found in Romans chapter 5, and we'll read the first five verses of this chapter. And in it, you will see kind of this uh, direction, kind of one step-by-step process of how suffering leads us into hope. So Romans chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame, Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So in verses 3 and 4 here, we we see clearly steps of how suffering leads to hope. That suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, and then character produces hope. So what I want to do today is take us uh, through this process step by step to understand exactly how this process works. And we're going to start with kind of some definitions to make sure that we're understanding what these words mean. So suffering can be described as as the difficult things that we go through. Whatever problems come our way, we are suffering through those problems. It's what we have to deal with. And in this definition, suffering can be more than just maybe a physical pain. It could be an area that we are lacking in, that we have to overcome that area of lack. It could be a temptation that we wrestle with. Whatever that problem is, whatever that difficult thing is that we have to go through, uh, that becomes the suffering that we are dealing with. So this suffering, Scripture says that that suffering produces perseverance. Now, perseverance is the ability to continue forward despite resistance. 
So despite something pushing you the other way, which in this instance would be that suffering, right, that resistance that you are facing, despite that resistance coming against you, you are still able to continue forward in the path that you are moving down. Um, So suffering produces perseverance because if there is no suffering, if there is nothing to resist, then there is no point in persevering at all. You don't have anything to persevere against. You can kind of just go along with the flow of things. Wherever the flow takes you, that's where you're going. Then you don't have to persevere because perseverance is having something to resist. And this then is is difficult. This first step of perseverance in the face of suffering is difficult because if you are not just going with the flow of things coming your way and you are choosing to resist those problems that are coming against you, what that's going to do um, with perseverance is it's going to put you in a place of greater discomfort because not only are you just having to Uh, get through the problem now you are taking a more active role of resisting that problem and that's going to cause even more resistance coming against you which will put you into a place of greater discomfort but that has to be the first step that we take if we want that suffering to cease otherwise that suffering will just continue coming at us again and again and again Uh, For instance, at my house, um, I rent, and in our bathroom, our bathtub faucet handle, it started to leak water out the back of the handle. And I let the landlord know and was like, you know, I don't really think it's an issue. You know, it's only leaking when the water's turned on, and it's just going down into the tub. It's not a big issue. I just want to let you know. Well, after I let my landlord know that, Uh, I realized that what was happening was sometimes when I would come out of the shower, there would be a lot of water on the bathroom floor. And what was happening was that water was going out the back of the, the handle in the bathtub and going down along the wall and down onto the bathroom floor. So that was a problem that I could easily suffer through, right? I could just clean it up whenever it happened, or I could maybe get a dish dish rag or something to sit down like on the rim of the tub so that the water wouldn't leak down. It would be something that would be easy to just kind of deal with, Uh, but that wouldn't actually be fixing the problem. So what I did was I then looked up videos online of, of how to fix that kind of problem, figured out what I needed, ordered the pieces that I needed to fix the problem, and fixed it. And then I didn't have that problem again. The problem was solved. I no longer had to suffer through it because it had been fixed. Uh, But that process of taking the extra time to not only deal with, you know, making sure the water wasn't getting all over the bathroom floor, I then had to take, take it a step further and go a step beyond by taking time and energy to figure out how to solve the problem and spending the money to get the parts that I needed to fix the problem. And I know that I probably could have just uh, let my landlord know that and he would have fixed it. But I'm one of those weird people that has a hard time letting my landlord know when I uh, <laughs> want something fixed. But it's if it's a necessity, I'll let him know. But if it's just a minor inconvenience like that, I, I just personally, I don't want to bother him. 
Uh, and I know that's probably not the right attitude to have. That's just kind of the personality <laughs> that I have. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is I could have either just used some towels and dish rags and stuff to not really fix the problem, but prevent myself from having to suffer through that problem. But instead, I gave myself more work to deal with the problem, right? Greater discomfort as I am choosing to actually resist this problem so I can fix it and no longer have it. And that is the first step of this process of overcoming that suffering in our life. And it's probably the most difficult step of that process because it requires a willingness to confront the problem that we are facing. To not just say, I'm going to deal with it, I'm going to get through it, Instead to say, I'm going to persevere, I am going to resist this problem and try to fix it so I no longer have to deal with it anymore. And again, there's no point in persevering if that suffering isn't there. So when that suffering appears, it's the first step of this process of giving us something that we are then persevering against. We are resisting it. So suffering then uh, produces perseverance. So then the second step of this is that perseverance produces character. And character, what character is, is the skill to act righteously, to do what is right. And I really want to highlight here that this character that you have isn't just a willingness to do what is right, but it is a skill that you acquire to do what is right. And I really want us to understand that character doesn't come from willpower, it comes from practice. Just like with any skill that you want to build in your life, it requires a lot of practice. But once you build that character, once you build that skill set of how to deal with that problem, then you will be able to fix the problem like I did with uh, my bathroom faucet. You know, I was able to learn that skill and fix that problem. And so perseverance then becomes character when we learn how to succeed, how to overcome that problem or that thing that we are suffering with, that difficult thing that we are dealing with. We are now able to overcome it. We can succeed. That's when perseverance becomes character. And So then what we have to realize is that there will be a time, usually a long time, depending on what the problem is, a long time of perseverance before it becomes character. So just like with any skill set that you learn, it is going to take a lot of time before you are able to uh, use that skill correctly. Right? There's usually a period of repetitive failure before you get to success. You will probably fail again and again and again as you figure out what doesn't work before you are able to figure out how to succeed at the problem you are dealing with. So let's take an example of what this would look like. Let's say, for instance, that I've got an anger issue, particularly when it comes to my wife making mistakes. And this isn't a confession, this is just an illustration. 
Um, so let's say my wife makes a mistake and it makes me angry, and then I lash out in anger, and that makes the whole problem worse. And now I'm suffering, she's suffering, none of us are happy. Neither of us are happy. So I need to figure out how to manage my anger in that situation. Well, the first step is that perseverance, right? Deciding, making that choice that I am going to confront this problem. I'm going to deal with this. Me lashing out is not helpful. I need to do something about it. I need to figure out what to do with my anger, how to manage my anger so that it doesn't make this situation worse. So I'm going to begin trying a few things. So maybe I'll try, when I get angry, I'll hold my breath and count to 10. Well, that didn't work. I was still angry. I still said things I shouldn't have. That didn't work. Okay, next time, I'll try something different. Next time comes up, I say, well, I'm just going to try removing myself from the situation. Give myself time to calm down before I deal with the problem at all. Well, then the problem is sitting there not being dealt with. Uh, my wife is feeling lonely and abandoned because I just walked off while there was a problem that needed to be solved. Um, and then she comes chasing after me because... She doesn't want to feel lonely and abandoned, so I'm not able to get away, and that makes me more upset. Well, okay, that's not working. We got to try something else. So then next time I say, well, maybe I'll try, you know, because I'm getting upset that she made a problem, I'll try to think of mistakes that I have made to kind of remind myself that I'm not perfect either. So then the next time comes up, she makes a mistake, I start to feel angry, and I remind myself, hey, remember that one time you made that really stupid mistake? And how you wanted somebody to, you know, be forgiving and gracious to you during that time? And as I think about that, I then begin to calm down. And I can say, you know, I, I, I can then reply in a loving way rather than an angry way. And so I say to myself, well, hey, that worked. I was able to manage my anger in that way. Then what's going to happen? The next time that situation comes up, I now have a tool that I know will work to help me manage my anger. And then in those situations, I am able to act with good character towards my wife in that situation. I have now, through repetitive failure, gone from perseverance to that perseverance producing character in my life where I now have the skill set to be able to act righteously in that situation. But how do I know that I have hit that point of character unless I have first set that goal that I am working towards? Where I'm able to say, okay, lashing out in anger is only making the suffering worse for both of us. And so I need to be able to manage my anger in a way where I am not lashing out at my wife. There, I've set the goal for myself. Now I have something to uh, persevere against and work towards to hit that goal. And that's something we should be doing in our life constantly. And I've talked about setting goals in your spiritual life a couple other times at least, but this is just another point in scripture where we can see the importance of setting goals in your life. Not just financial goals, 
not just physical goals, but spiritual goals as well, so that we can persevere in a way that builds character that then gives us the skill set that we need to act righteously in those situations that we have a difficult time going through. Perseverance produces character. And that leads us to the final step then, that character produces hope. So what is hope? Hope is the belief that the future that we are going into will be good. That it's not going to be a terrible future. It's not going to be a future full of doom and gloom, right? I talked a little bit about this last week, about the purpose of the future. That you are able to look at it with hope instead and say that no matter what happens, it's going to be a good future. And character produces hope. But you might ask, well, how does that work? Because character, having good character, having those skill sets to act righteously in certain situations, that doesn't take care of the suffering. It doesn't take care of that problem. It doesn't stop that problem from appearing again. So how can I believe, how can I have a hope that the future will be good when I know that that problem is going to happen again and again and again? Well, see, character is able to become hope when we're no longer fearful of that problem showing up. See, the goal isn't to stop the problem from ever showing up again. The, the, the issue is knowing how to deal with that problem. Right? If my bathtub faucet handle starts leaking again, I don't have to go through that whole process of learning how to fix it because I already know how to. So if it happens again, I don't have to sit here now and worry about it happening again, because if it does happen again, I know how to fix it. I know how to deal with that problem. And so I can be hopeful of my bathroom faucet handle future, because I don't have to be fearful of that problem. And I don't have to be fearful of it, because of the skill set that I have acquired. And although that's a physical skill set, there are then spiritual, spiritual skill sets that we can build in our life so that the spiritual problems that we deal with, that we no longer have to be fearful of them because we know how to fix it. And that's the wonderful thing about problems in general, is that problems stop being difficult when you know how to solve it. If you know how to solve a problem, it's not difficult. You don't have to be fearful of that problem showing up because you know how to solve it. Right? When we are when we were kids, when we were, you know, 5 years old, 5 6 years old, having to read a page in a book was a daunting task. Even if it was full of just two and three letter words, it was a task that was uh, intimidating to us. It was something that was difficult for us to deal with because we didn't know how to read. We were just barely learning how to read. I think most people learn when they're how to read when they're like five or six. I hope I'm getting that age right. It's been so long since I've been that age. <laughs> but during that time when you're first learning to read, the idea of reading a page of something is fearful. 
You're worried on whether or not you're going to be able to do it and do it well. Nowadays, I'm able to read things. I can sit down and read a book without having to be fearful of that, just the process of reading it. Why? Because I have built that skill so well that I no longer have to be fearful or worried about encountering a situation where I have to read something because I know how to do it. That is how character produces hope. Once we've let God work in us to build character in our life so that we can act righteously in the certain situations that used to be difficult to us, then we're no longer fearful of them, and we can then have a greater hope for our future because we know that no matter how many of those problems arise, that we will be able to deal with it. So the final step of this process is then giving that fear that we used to have of that problem, of those sufferings, of those temptations and areas of lacking, to give that fear of those things to God. And let God then lead us through the suffering, through the perseverance, into the character that then gives us hope. And I really like the end of this passage then that says that hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And this is what really makes this whole process possible to begin with is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes hope possible as it gives us strength and guidance. The Holy Spirit gives us the strength to persevere, to resist those problems that we face, and the guidance to lead us into how to succeed against those problems and give us a hope that comes through God's love being poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. See, hope doesn't have to exist outside of suffering. Hope is able to exist through suffering. And you might ask, well, what does any of this have to do with Advent? Isn't Advent about uh, Christmas and celebrating the birth of Christ? And you're talking about, you know, building a skill set and the Holy Spirit. What does any of this have to do with Christmas? Well, again, if the whole process is possible through the Holy Spirit, we have to recognize that The Holy Spirit being given to us, that happened at the end of a process that came through Jesus Christ. Because it was only through Jesus' birth, death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven that the Holy Spirit was then given to all who believe. And if it were not for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, we would not have that Holy Spirit to strengthen and guide us through suffering into hope. And of course, Jesus' sacrifice began when he came into the world and was born to us as 
the Messiah, the God incarnate, Jesus Christ. And what a wonderful thing that is to celebrate, that through his birth, death, resurrection, and ascension that led to the gift of the Holy Spirit, through that process that Jesus went through, he has given us hope. And hope that can exist through the sufferings that we face. What a wonderful God we serve. And this has been another Sermon in the Pocket. As always, if you have any comments or questions about anything, feel free to contact me either through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page, or you can email me directly at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. And I encourage you to share this with other people to help get the message out there, especially during this Christmas season. But until next time, thank you for taking the time to listen, and I pray that God will bless you as you go throughout your day. Thank you.